Imagine not knowing what your income would be each week. Financial planning would be a nightmare. More than 90% of Vision's income is free will donations. When supporters commit to monthly giving, it provides greater certainty when budgeting for regular expenses and weighing up new opportunities that arise. And knowing we can rely on regular monthly gifts takes some guesswork out of operating a faith ministry. Monthly givers who share our mission are called Visionary Extra Mile Partners. And right now, you are invited to join this growing group of faithful supporters. The amount of your tax-deductible monthly gift is completely up to you. But what is most important is knowing that you are standing with us to reach Australia with the gospel. To become a Visionary Extra Mile partner, click the banner in the Vision app or go to vision.org.au slash extra mile. It only takes a few minutes, but will have an eternal impact. Vision. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Welcome to On The Rock, God's unchanging word for changing times with Dr. Camille Majdali, Director of Teach All Nations Melbourne, Australia. Dr. Camille lived and studied in the Middle East, served as the principal of a leading Bible college and now travels the world teaching God's word. He has an extraordinary knowledge of the Bible and a dynamic ability to make God's truth come alive in a real, practical way. This episode of On The Rock will give you keys to survive and succeed in the days ahead by hearing and doing the words of Jesus. Our series is entitled The Son of God, Understanding the Gospel of John, Part 2. We are now in the midst of the passion of Christ, the suffering he endured so that we could have redemption, be reconciled to God, have peace with God, have the new birth, and the gift of everlasting life. The justice of God was satisfied, paradoxically, by the greatest injustice there ever has been, and that is the condemnation and execution of Jesus of Nazareth, a man that never transgressed in any area. He was blameless spiritually, he was blameless biblically, he was blameless legally. Even the Roman authorities knew that. So he was executed anyway, handed over to the Romans by the envy and outrage of the religious establishment elite, yet all of this was allowed by God for the redemption of humanity. So we are going through this detailed eyewitness report of the suffering of Jesus, courtesy of John, the beloved disciple. John knew Jesus in a way that nobody else did. And so to get his take on the events that are also reflected in the other three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, is a real treat. It is, in fact, a priceless treasure. So this particular lesson is called Condemnation by the Council, meaning the Sanhedrin, the supreme Jewish legal and religious body. They were based in Jerusalem, and I think that their sphere of influence wasn't just limited to Jerusalem. It probably encompassed the whole land of Israel and even had, at times, jurisdiction over Jewish affairs beyond the borders. Whatever it is, this council is going to do something so unjust, so cruel, so, in a sense, barbaric. And these were religious people. They were pious outwardly, but inwardly 
They were full of murderous hatred. So just remember, when somebody is angry and hateful continuously against another person, it's basically the same as if they murdered that person, even if they never have their hands touch a weapon. Certainly Jesus spoke that way in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5 to 7. So we're going to take a closer look now at what Jesus said to the council. So our lesson is called Condemnation by the Council, another name for the Sanhedrin, and the references John chapter 18, verses 19 to 28. Let me read Jesus' quote, verses 20 and 21. I spake openly to the world, I ever taught in the synagogue and in the temple, whither the Jews always resort, and in secret have I said nothing. Why askest thou me? Ask them which heard me, what I have said unto them. Behold, they know what I said. Here Jesus speaks with confidence, perhaps a little bit of defiance, because of course what he's going through is an outrage. Why is he standing in front of a council of basically wicked people having to justify what he has done? We know that everything he did was good, godly, righteous, holy. So why is he having to give account to these people who have nothing but terrible intentions? What he says here, very easy to understand. What I did, I did publicly. He uses the phrase openly to the world. I was always in the synagogues teaching, and that's usually the synagogues in Galilee. And I was also in the temple teaching where the Jews always come to visit. The temple, of course, is in Jerusalem. And I did nothing and said nothing in secret. But you don't have to take my word for it. Ask those who heard me. They know what I have said. In other words, there are plenty of witnesses to see that not only was I open and transparent, but I have done nothing wrong. Despite his plea, he would be struck by one of the officers with the palm of the hand, and even worse suffering awaited him. We're going to read now the entire portion of John chapter 18, verses 19 to 28. Our lesson is called Condemnation by the Council. The reference, John chapter 18, verses 19 to 28. This, friends, is God's word. Let's listen carefully. Verse 19. The high priest then asked Jesus of his disciples and of his doctrine. Jesus answered him, I spake openly to the world, I ever taught in the synagogue, and in the temple, whither the Jews always resort, and in secret have I said nothing. Why askest thou me? Ask them which heard me, what I have said unto them. Behold, they know what I said. And when he had thus spoken, one of the officers which stood by struck Jesus with the palm of his hand, saying, Answerest thou the high priest so? Jesus answered him, If I have spoken evil, bear witness of the evil. But if well, why smitest thou me? Now Annas had sent him, that's Jesus, bound unto Caiaphas the high priest. And Simon Peter stood and warmed himself. They said therefore unto him, Art not thou also one of his disciples? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, being his kinsman whose ear Peter cut off, saith, 
Did not I see thee in the garden with him? Peter then denied again, and immediately the cock crew. Then led they Jesus from Caiaphas unto the hall of judgment, and it was early, and they themselves were not in the judgment hall, lest they should be defiled, but that they might eat the Passover. Our reading is from John chapter 18, verses 19 to 28, and our lesson is called Condemnation by the Council. Well, we have a very, very important lesson here, understanding what Jesus went through in order to obtain the justice of God, he had to endure the injustice of man. So, John 18, verse 19, trial at the council, also known as the Sanhedrin. The passion of Christ began with his arrest at the Garden of Gethsemane. He was then taken by the high priest's troops from Gethsemane, which is located in the Valley of Kidron, or Valley of Jehoshaphat, back up the top of Mount Zion, where Caiaphas's palace was located. Remember, it was on Zion where the Last Supper was probably held. Now, the high priest Caiaphas is asking Jesus about his disciples and his doctrine. So, what you're going to see here is Jesus, as often the case, gives incredibly succinct answers. Sometimes his answers will seem opaque, but really they're opaque to those who are unredeemed, unrepentant, not born again, not interested in God or being born again, not interested in the gospel. So, of course, it's going to seem like Greek to them. But what we'll see here is in verse 20 of John 18, he's actually going to respond, not in detail, but sufficiently. Because it's a common perception that when Jesus stood before the high priests, his own religious leaders, or in front of Pontius Pilate, the Roman procurator, governor, that he said little or nothing. And this is accurate to a point, because that's how the other Gospels portray him. But there a lot happened, and they don't record everything. But remember, John was an eyewitness. He was actually in the high priest's house when these events occurred. So, yes, we're not being told any misinformation from the other Gospels. Jesus was basically quiet. But here we do have an initial response. Jesus affirms that he did everything in the open, including his teaching, as well as works of power or miracles and that everything was well witnessed by the public. His teaching was done in synagogues and at the temple, which are the very places that Jewish people gather. So plenty of Jewish witnesses to the ministry of Jesus of Nazareth. Nothing in word or deed was done in secret. It was done before the world so that the world could hear the good news of the coming kingdom of God. Then, in John eighteen twenty one. Jesus asks a question, which is really a little bit pointed. He continues, Why do you ask me? What he meant is that there were plenty of people which heard him, and they knew what he said. So he's actually inviting them to seek witnesses in his defense. Now, of course, giving a just trial was the last thing on their minds. They were looking for an excuse to condemn 
the Son of God. Oh, they would get that excuse. Very, very unethical, very, very blind, very, very stubborn, and just downright outrageous. So what happens? Jesus says, why do you ask me? Ask those who heard me. In John eighteen twenty-two, something rather horrible happened. The first of many insults and indignities that were to follow. And it happened beginning with this verse. One of the officers took offense, and within a reach of Jesus, now whether they were offended by the words he spoke, or the tone he spoke, or both, all we know is he reached over and struck the Lord with the palm of his hand, presumably on the face. Then he stated, Is this how you answer the high priest? This smack on the face, which I'm sure stung, was the beginning of even greater suffering to come. How did Jesus respond? Well, a bit differently to the Apostle Paul, who endured exactly the same thing, possibly in front of some of the same people in his own time. But before I talk about Paul's experience, let's stick with Jesus. Verse 23 of John 18, remaining calm despite this horrible affront, Jesus simply states that if he spoke evil, then bear witness of the evil. And of course, did Jesus speak evil? Not at all. Now, if Jesus had not spoken evil, which he didn't, then why was he smitten? Keep that in mind as you see what happened to the Apostle Paul. He was struck in the beginning of Acts chapter 23. He was angry when smitten on the mouth because, well, after all, it was unjust. And Paul was a very strong man, possibly a little bit hot-tempered as well, just like Peter, but his response was very understandable. In Jesus' case, he appears to have remained very calm. But then comes the time for Jesus to be handed over. He is bound to go to Caiaphas in John 18, verse 24, because all that transpired apparently happened in front of the elder man, Annas. Now, Annas sent Jesus as a prisoner bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. And what we're going to see here is, of course, John doesn't go into the detail the other Gospels do, but in the other Gospels, because Jesus will not answer Caiaphas's question, so Caiaphas basically twists his arm by saying, I abjure you by the living God. Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? Apparently, when you use that phrase, I abjure thee, I command thee, by God's name I command thee, then no pious Jew can refuse to respond. And Jesus was no exception. So when asked the question, are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? He said, I am, again using the divine name. And that was the excuse they needed. We don't need any witnesses. Besides, they couldn't find two witnesses to agree on anything. You've heard the blasphemy coming from his own mouth and judged him worthy of death. What I've just shared is not so much reflected in John, but it's a compilation of the other Gospels. So in verse 24, Jesus is sent to Caiaphas. And in this period, Peter is going to deny Christ two more times. The second denial in John eighteen twenty-five, Peter was still in the line of fire 
by being at the high priest's palace while warming himself at the fire from the cold. They who warmed themselves with him asked, Are you not one of his disciples? Peter denies it a second time, and he says, I am not. Isn't that interesting? When Jesus is asked a question, he says, I am. When Peter is asked the question, I am not. But really, his answer should be a small case, I am. Because after all, he was following Jesus still, even in the time of suffering. But then, in verses 26 and 27 of John 18, you have Peter's third denial. Because one of the high priest's servants, a relative of the man whom Peter cut off the ear, asked, Did I not see you in the garden with him? Good question. Without hesitation, Peter offered a third and immediate denial. And at that very moment, after the denial, the rooster crowed. Which leads us to the last verse of our lesson, John eighteen twenty-eight, the judgment hall. While other Gospels put more emphasis on the trial at the Sanhedrin, John speaks more about Jesus' audience with the Roman procurator Pontius Pilate. What we know is that the Sanhedrin, the ancient Jewish council, condemned Jesus for blasphemy, since he, under incriminating questioning, confessed to being the I Am, the Messiah, Son of David, Son of God. From their point of view, this was a capital crime. However, being under Roman occupation, the council did not have authority to execute anyone. Only the Romans could do that. So they sent Jesus to Pilate and the judgment hall. The Roman governor, procurator, was ultimately responsible for the affairs of the province of Judea. He was based in the seaside city of Caesarea and periodically came to Jerusalem especially during Jewish feasts, to make sure that order was kept. He didn't go up to Jerusalem to worship the God of Israel. His headquarters in Jerusalem were the Antonia Fortress, which was just north of the Temple Mount. It was here that Jesus would face trial under Pontius Pilate. Now the Romans were highly but unlikely to execute somebody for violating Jewish law. The council knew this, so they had to find a rationale for Roman-style execution under Roman law, and they found it. It's called sedition. Jesus of Nazareth, for admitting he was the Messiah, was basically saying, I am the king of the Jews. Any king outside of Roman approval could pose a great threat to the occupation. So it was from that angle the council would try to get Pilate to agree to put Jesus to death. Because, as I said earlier, it was highly unlikely to execute anyone for violating Jewish law. Now, our lesson is called Condemnation by the Council. And our lesson for life is this. Despite the horrible injustice towards Jesus, true believers should rest assured that the judge of all the earth will do the right thing. Thanks for 
taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.